2: Good afternoon, everybody. It is Grant Napier, and here we are on Listen Up. Obviously, uh, we are talking about what happened last night on the football field in Cincinnati and Demar Hamlin, and uh, what we witnessed, which uh, speaks for itself. I don't really need to get into what we witnessed uh, last night. I will say that I think that the Aftermath of what happened last night, and I mean the aftermath from the time Hamlin collapsed to the field to now, I just think we have our priorities completely screwed up, okay? It seems like more people are concerned. We shouldn't say more people. I'll just say that the outrage over Skip Bayless's tweet has become almost a bigger story than Hamlin, who I, I don't know his condition. You don't know his condition. I don't know what's going on in the hospital in Cincinnati. But, I mean, I can't refresh my social media accounts or go online without seeing something about Fire Skip Bayless, Skip Bayless this, Skip Bayless that, Skip Bayless this, Skip Bayless that. I mean, it's just typical of this country. You can feel however you want about Skip Bayless. And uh, Skip Bayless has a lot of detractors. He's a very popular personality. He makes, I believe, I, I, I think I read $8 million a year. Okay. He is paid to get people to watch. His program, which I guess he does. I've never watched it. I don't watch it. I don't care for Skip. I don't care for Sharp, Shannon Sharp. I, I just—it's I just, not my favorite. So I don't watch the show. But I mean, no one wants to talk about what Skip Bayless tweeted before the controversial tweet when he talked about what was going on in the field and said, I'm sending a prayer to, he, to him and his family. Nobody wants to talk about that. It's just unbelievable to me. It really is. So now you just want to fire Skip Bayless. Is that going to make you feel better? Is that going to make the injury to uh, Hamlin go away? Is that going to make you feel better? I think Bobby Burak of OutKick Said it best. He put out on social media there's a difference between an insensitive comment and commenting honestly on a sensitive subject, the latter of which is often the root cause of cancel culture. Spot on. Let me read that again. There's a difference between an insensitive comment and commenting honestly on a sensitive subject, the latter of which is often the root cause of cancel culture. All right. We do have other things going on. Uh, I'm going to talk about whatever you want. The Kings are playing the Jazz tonight, and I will be on after the game with Ryan in sack time. All right? We will open it up. We can talk about whatever you want, if you want to talk about last night. You know, the reality about the situation last night, you know, we all saw it, right? And I knew the game wasn't going to be played. As soon as ESPN announced that CPR was being performed on the field of Hamlin. At that point, I said, there's no way they're going to play this game tonight. I just used common sense. I mean, just common sense. They weren't going to play the game. You know? And they shouldn't have played the game. And they, they didn't. And, you know, everyone's attacking the NFL. No one has any idea what the protocol is. They have no idea what the communication is like. They have no idea how significant of a decision it is to cancel an event. It's not done just like at the snap of the fingers, okay? Roger Goodell makes the decision. He's in New York, okay? He has to gather all of the information. It is a frantic situation, okay? They are trying to save a player's life on the field, okay? That is what's paramount. That's the only thing that really matters in that situation. The game becomes completely secondary at that point. And the decision regarding the postponement or the suspension of the game doesn't need to be made instantaneously, okay? It's not something that, you know, Roger Goodell watches on television, sees that CPR is being administered and says that's it, the game is postponed. That's not how it works. You know, people need to relax. You know, you want to attack everyone. It's like you, it makes you feel better to have a villain. It makes you feel better to say, oh, him, him, him. He's the reason. He's it. You know, Skip Bayless, Roger Goodell. Yeah, we, I, I'm going to take my venom and my anger out on them. It's you know, stupid. Really is. You know, trying to be in the National Football League office, okay, doing Monday Night Football, when that uh, uncharted waters, okay, is going on in the field, and you you get upset at the NFL? I mean, seriously, you get upset at the NFL. Are we really having that discussion? I mean, can we do better than that, please? Do we have to get upset at the National Football League? Good Lord, get your priorities straight. All right, let's get to uh, left Terrace. Hello, Left Terrace. how are you?
3: Hi uh, How are you doing,? Grant? Uh, happy to it. I'm good. Thank happy you calling. by the way. Uh, listen um. I listened to your podcast this morning. Yeah, I kind of curious, uh, kind of strange when the ambulance was waiting for their mom uh, to get to the ambulance instead of driving right away to the hospital. That's kind of very strange for me. Um, yeah. Uh, very strange. Another thing I would like to mention, uh, we'll pray for that player, and uh, we'll hopefully it will be the same situation like what happened to Christian Eriksen, a soccer player who fought the same way, cardiac arrest on the field two years ago, 2020. Uh, So he fell on the fields and everyone was playing for him, went to the hospital, didn't know what happened to him. And uh, uh, make long story short, uh, a year later, he started playing um, soccer again, professional soccer, Uh, but a lot of teams were very uh, worried of um, getting him because they didn't know how healthy he was. But um, here he is now, two years later, He's playing for Manchester United, and he's one of the best players. So let's go for it with the same situation with this guy.
2: Amen. Very well said, Lefteris. And I'm with you. You know, when the report was that the ambulance was waiting for his mother to accompany him to the hospital, that didn't make any sense to me. He's on his way to a trauma center after receiving CPR on the field. And again, I'm not a medical uh, – I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical technician. I I I I don't I don't have an understanding of that. Maybe he was uh, I I don't know. Was he? Maybe he was stable in the ambulance. I don't know what he was in the ambulance. All I know is, you know, that to me did not add up. It did not add up to me that a man, a human being, that had just been administering CPR on the field and was and and, and, it, and it took a long time to get him in the ambulance. Now all of a sudden, the ambulance is going to wait. For his mother to get into the vehicle, that, and again, I'm only telling you what went through my mind. When I heard that, I was like, oh, his life's not in dire straits. That's what I, that's, I mean, you know, the ambulance has a lot of, um, uh, what, what, a lot of apparatus on there. It has a lot of medical equipment. It's not a trauma center. Okay, an ambulance is not a trauma center. He was taken to a trauma center, the best trauma center in the, in the city and the ambulance is waiting for his mom. When I heard that, that told me, and again, I'm only telling you what went through my mind. I was like, Oh, he's gonna be he's gonna make it, his life's not in danger. Why would why would why would an ambulance wait for a, a family member to get in there? Why would it wait for a couple of minutes if the person in the ambulance life was in peril at that stage? It didn't make sense to me.
3: Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, but after you said that, I didn't know what was sort of happening, waiting for the mom. I was wondering who made that call that they have to wait for the mom to get to the ambulance. I mean, that's kind of very strange. And I'm sure they it don't... Would, really-
2: it would, I, I'm, I'm going to speculate on that. And I don't know, but I'm only going to speculate. It, the. The, the, the mm-hmm. individual that would make that call would have to be the medical responders in the ambulance, doctors who at that point in time decided that waiting a few minutes would have no bearing on the status of the individual in the ambulance. In other words, waiting two or three minutes would not have any effect, would not change the situation. It would not matter. Okay. That's, that's, I'm only speculating.
3: Yeah. But if that's true, then I think that uh, somebody more higher up in the hospital chain or whatever, They're going to revisit the whole situation and say that was no right. Yeah. Anyway.
2: Well, you know, again, all of this will come out uh, in the coming days. But Lefteris, thank you very much for the call and Happy New Year.
3: You too. Thank you.
2: You know, again, that just did not make sense to me at all. That, you know, and when Dr. Chow, the football doc, mentioned that, I, I was just like, wow. You know, when I heard that report that the ambulance was waiting for his mom. Again, I'm only using common sense. I'm not using anything other than that. I'm just trying to like, go, wait a minute, wait a minute. We have a dire emergency and maybe, and again, I'm only saying this, maybe when he got in the ambulance, his situation was not considered dire at that point. And the point I'm I'm, I'm trying to make is, that his situation was not as grave as we saw on the field. Maybe they revived him, maybe, well, obviously they did. But my point is, why would the ambulance wait instead of getting to the trauma center? Again, I'm only, I'm only asking the question. But here, here's the other aspect of this. And, you know, people want Skip Bayless fired for it, okay? They didn't read Skip Bayless's tweet before the one that's got him in hot water You can criticize the timing of his tweet. Yes, you can. Um, he also, in the last sentence, talked about it's really, you know, irrelevant now, meaning the game. The game's irrelevant now. Well, I think we all agree on that, that the game, at that point, becomes irrelevant. I think everyone can accept that. However, Okay, we're talking about a sport, a billion dollar a year, multi-billion dollar enterprise. Okay, who is starting the playoffs in two weeks? And regardless of how you feel about what you saw last night, because I, I think we all feel the same way. Okay, I think we're all praying for Demar Hamlin. I think we all want the best outcome. I think we we don't have to get into that, but there is now. Okay. What happens now? What happens now? How are they going to figure this out? Who's going to be the number one seed? Who's going to play whom? Is the Cincinnati-Buffalo game going to be played before the playoffs? And if so, how would they do that? So, you know, these are all questions that (laughs) I can guarantee you they're talking about right now in the league office. Maybe it was inappropriate to bring it up last night. When Hamlin was on the field, but I think Skip Bayless, who I'm not a fan of, by the way, is being treated unfairly for his tweet. I'll just put it to you that way. I think the attack on Skip Bayless is unfair. Unfair may not even be the right word. I'll just say I think it's wrong. Okay? It's, uh, you can say his timing was insensitive. You can say all of that. Okay? In his tweet, he talked about, but the, the, but it's irrelevant right now. Yet, no one wants to talk about that. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls right here on
0: Listen Up with Ryan. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Grant. How you doing this
2: afternoon? I'm well, thank you.
0: Excellent. Um, well, I know you said it goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyways. You know, prayers for uh, DeMar, his teammates, his family, NFL family. Um. You know, a couple things I want to get to, and you're going to need to give me some space here because I want to bring it full circle. Um, The first is the NFL clearly had some type of protocol in place, in my opinion, and that is speculation for what is a doomsday scenario such as this, because with the injuries ramping up the way they've had and the steps they've taken for player safety and uh, head trauma, You know, it's not inconceivable. It's in fact very conceivable that a player would inevitably pass away on the field and possibly still could. So I'm with you. I don't think the NFL should be criticized. I don't think there was even a question about whether the game was going to be played and that was common sense. It was just the timing, I think, for some people of the long delay because even if an update came out on his condition – they're still not playing the game. And I think Troy Vincent uh, more or less said that um, today in a statement. But um, getting back to the speculation about why the ambulance stayed, uh, I'm going to share a story for two reasons. The first is because, or the first is why it stayed. The second is the impact this is going to have on other players. Um, When I was at San Diego state, the basketball team would do an event every single year where we would go to the rec center and basically give students an opportunity to play against us and play against the team. And it would be a big thing. People would be standing around waiting to get on, um, and we were on our third game, Grant, and uh, a 21-year-old, he checked the ball to my teammate, he checked it back, and he fell over. And it was exactly the same as DeMar Hamlin. We didn't, well, it, it's, the appearance of it was exactly the same. And so we saw mm-hmm. he didn't have a pulse. We immediately started calling 911. We started CPR because we were trained. On that, okay, and they came in, they took all of the same measures that were done last night. We saw it right there. We heard ribs crunch, we heard screams from people that knew the kid that was down. Um, and they wouldn't even wait for the kid's girlfriend to get out of the locker room to get him in the ambulance and get him to the hospital because he was not Mm -hmm. breathing because it's about oxygen to the brain at that point. If you're in cardiac arrest.
4: Right. So what that
0: tells me is that he, they were breathing for him and this is pure speculation. They had established an oxygen line where that had been reestablished. So that is why probably they waited a couple minutes for his uh, mom to get in the ambulance because there was no risk of any further brain damage. Um, The second reason I share the story is we still stay in touch to this day with um, that kid who ultimately passed away his family, because it was so traumatic for the entire team to Mm. see somebody your age doing something you love. And this was a complete stranger. We didn't even know his name. But to see him go through that, be a part of that, trying to save somebody, like the the sights of it, it still stays with you. So I bring that back because I can't imagine how these guys are going to go out and play. Uh, This is like something that stays for life with you. I reverted back last night when I saw it. Yeah, Yeah. I'm sure. I don't know where they go from here and I don't know how the situation could have been handled any better than what I said. I think people just wanted it to be called, even though common sense says it would be called and the NFL's already come out and said, they're not even exploring replaying the game this week. It, it's on the back burner. So, uh, you know, this is right. This is season changing and life altering more importantly. And um you know, so that's why I say I'm praying for the people that were a part of it last night. Um, and and also the other option that I left out with Amen. the ambulance is he was either passed away, number one, or number two. You know, he was stable and they had the oxygen connection. So um, sorry for being long winded, yeah. but, you know. No, I appreciate
2: it. I understand. Uh, no, no, no problem. I mean. He obviously didn't pass away. We would have known that. Um, so I would. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, again, I think we're. I think all of this will be documented in due time uh, from the time he collapsed. You know, there will be a complete, complete summary of everything that happened and we'll we'll know why certain things were done.
0: Absolutely. And I, I wanted to ask you because I listened to the podcast, too. Um, you talked about the coordination of what goes into canceling an event such as Monday night football and the NFL needs the facts. Uh, What, what is that coordination besides real time information? Because if you know, Fox knows or excuse me, ESPN knows that they're performing CPR. I doubt Rogers getting that from the TV. That's already.
2: no. No, no, no. There there, there is a uh, a top-level executive. I can't remember her name. She was at the game last night. Uh, Matter of fact, you actually saw her. uh, The blonde lady in the suit. Yes, that's correct. She she was shown outside the locker room with a phone, handing it back and forth to the coaches. And I can only assume that that was Roger Goodell on the phone. She is the liaison in that situation between – what's going on in real time, and Roger Goodell. So in this situation, which is frantic, and the the only thing that people are concerned about in the minutes following the collapse, okay, first of all, people are in a state of shock. People at first don't really know the severity of what is happening until you start seeing CPR perform. Then you realize that this individual Damar Hamlin's life is in jeopardy, okay? So the medical personnel, you have the players all praying. You have all of that going on. And this individual who works for the National Football League is on the phone with Roger Goodell, and she's trying to get information, okay, factual information, relaying to Roger Goodell and everything that's going on in real time. It's not like, you know, oh, gee, you know, let me go over and ask this doctor. No, no, no. You know it, it, it doesn't work like that in a situation like this. So, you know, Roger Goodell is the commissioner of the National Football League in a multi-billion-dollar business. On Monday Night Football, and seventy thousand people at the game is trying to get all the information. Okay, find out exactly what is going on, and then talk with his executives, talk with the network. And let's, let's not kid anyone, he was on the phone with the president of ESPN, I can guarantee you that, and making the best decision for the National Football League. Now, we need to get to this point. Roger Goodell could have made the decision that the game was going to continue, and the game would have continued because the players weren't going to play in the game. Okay, I guarantee you that message was also related sure. to Roger Goodell. The players are not playing. Zach Taylor, the coach, went over and talked with the Buffalo Bills, said, hey, they, they decided they did not want to play the game. So even, at, even if there was some hedging going on, at that point when the executive from the NFL who's on the field says, hey, the teams have told me they're not playing the game, then Roger Goodell has got a very easy decision to make. Not, not that he wouldn't have made it in the first place. I believe that Roger Goodell would have postponed the game, period. But once the players and the coaches say we're not playing, well, obviously there's not going to be a game.
0: Yeah, exactly, Grant, and I thought one of the telling moments was when Zach Taylor, the refs, and um, Sean McDermott met at half field, and that's when they started talking about, you know, a five-minute warm-up time, and that was right after Stefan Diggs, you know, tried to get the team fired up. They they did a just zoom in on Sean McDermott, and the pain on his face, the blank stare, you could see him processing, like, this isn't right. And he walked back over to Zach Taylor and that's when the bills ended up going back into the locker room. But um, Hey, you know, one thing that's not being talked about and I think it really should kudos to the Cincinnati Bengals fans in the way that they handled themselves during this situation. And even after the fact going to the hospital, they were extremely, extremely classy and, you know, kudos to both medical teams for getting on the field and, you know, doing what they did so quick because, you know, air to the brain at that point is so important.
2: Yes, absolutely. And uh, we're still waiting for uh, an update from the hospital in Cincinnati and everyone's uh, just praying and hoping for the best. There's no question about it. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it. Yep. All right, Grant. Bye. All right. Take it easy. You know, I've been through postponements of games before, not to this magnitude. A game in Philadelphia that was postponed due to a condensation on the court. Um, I knew the game wasn't going to be played. And I actually went on TV and said that the game was not going to be played. And I got yelled at because the league had not officially made the decision. But everyone in the building knew the game wasn't going to be played. Okay? The refs knew it. I knew it. Uh, The coaches knew it, but the league had not officially postponed the game. So I, I was premature in saying that, but I was just trying to, you know, pass the information along. So the other game was the game before the pandemic, right? When the pandemic hit and the game was against New Orleans. And I'm standing on the floor. And, you know, here come the teams to warm up, but there were no referees on the floor. And word got to us that one of the officials, okay, had been in Salt Lake City two nights prior. The Jazz were in their game in Oklahoma City. Rudy Gobert. Boom. So now I'm thinking, well, obviously the game's not going to go on. The game's going to be halted. I knew it right then and there. I knew it before anyone else knew it. And I had to go on TV. And instead of saying that the game was postponed, I just talked about the facts. The facts are the referees are not on the floor. And word has it that one of the officials was just in Salt Lake City on the floor officiating the game with the Jazz players and Rudy Gobert and blah, blah, blah. There you have it. And the, again, these, the NBA that night did not make the decision in a moment or two minutes or five minutes or 10 minutes or 15 minutes. They assessed all of the information. They were dealing also, by the way, okay, we talk about protocol as Ryan just brought up. You really think the league had protocol for a virus? And what would happen in that situation? I would say no. Now they do. Back then, they did. not Uncharted waters. Wait a minute. There's there's not going to be a game played? And, of course, we knew that that was going to be the last game. The league was shutting it down. We knew that. That would be the last game, but they were going to play it. ESPN, we're going to get the game in. Okay. Earlier that afternoon or earlier that evening, Utah was in Oklahoma City and I was doing my radio show. And we had heard, you know, about obviously other instances of positive, you know, tests and. I made a comment on radio. I said, well, I'm going to tell you right now. If any player tests positive, the entire season will come to a grinding halt. I said that before Rudy Gobert tested positive. And boom, literally in the middle of the air, uh, in the middle of the radio show, I'm like, uh-oh, here we go. And we didn't know if the game was going to be played. That was at about, what, 5.30? Not even 5.30, 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock. So the NBA, okay, went from 5 o'clock when Rudy Gobert tested positive, and they did not make the decision to postpone the Kings-Pelicans game until 7.25. Almost two and a half hours. So don't think that these decisions are just spontaneous, very quick, no problem, easy. They're not easy. Okay? And there's a lot of communication, and there's a lot of facts, and there's a lot of information gathering, and it's not as easy as you may think. Trust me on that. I've been through it. It may look easy to you. You might be saying, it, was, it, it looked easy to me when I'm standing on the floor in Philadelphia. And I see – and the condensation on the floor, the players aren't going to play. Okay? They made it very clear. They're done. They're not playing. And I knew the game wasn't going to be played. But the league had not made an announcement yet. Why? They were getting more information. They wanted to make sure that before they had a Western Conference team who only comes to Philadelphia once a year, that they were going to try to do everything in their power – get that game played was there something that could be done to the court Would the weather change with the humidity outside change in the next 30 to 45 minutes which would improve the conditions inside the building all right all of those things were being considered again last night's different you have a person who's fighting for his life we don't know if that individual is alive or dead on the field let's just be honest for a moment okay roger goodell is getting information from that executive from the National Football League who is frantically frantically trying to get information. It's not as easy as you may think. All right, if you want to get in on the program, hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will do this. You know, it's just it's amazing to me you got Bart Scott going on ESPN, you know, blaming really T Higgins for using a crown of his helmet, you know, I mean, those are the type of comments that are egregious and stupid, but you know, it's just, it's irresponsible on his part. I mean, it really is It's just a joke. You know, everyone attacking Skip Bayless, everyone is attacking Skip Bayless. It's unbelievable. Okay. It really is to me. It's unbelievable. All right, let's get to what Connor Connor, you're on listen app. How are you today?
4: doing good grant how are you i'm okay buddy just wanted to start by saying prayers up to damar hamlin his family everybody involved and stuff i mean yeah i mean that's the last thing that t higgins needs to be hearing is him getting blamed for something that he had really no control over i mean can you imagine how the guy felt already after what happened and everything now we're gonna put the blame on him and stuff i mean that's just embarrassing.
2: He was shown He was shown walking out of the stadium with his arm around his mom, talking about T. Higgins last night, okay? He went to social media and talked about how awful he felt and prayers and everything else. So, yeah, I mean, Bart Scott just, you know, again, there's just uh, – I don't even know what to say to that other than you just I, – I, I keep on saying this, and I really mean that. Nothing surprises me anymore. Nothing surprises me anymore. And when I hear comments like that, I'm like, you know – I, I it's just absolutely uh, ridiculous, seriously.
4: Yeah, I mean, we could sit here and talk about Skip Bayless and everybody on Twitter trying to become doctors and stuff, but, I mean, instead we can point out, like, some of the positives that came out, like, all the fans and everybody who donated to his charity and stuff. I mean, that's was pretty incredible seeing everybody kind of rally around, donate millions of dollars to his charity. I mean, yep. I feel like that's the stuff that should be talked about a lot more than other things that are just negative. Yep.
2: I think you make a great point. I think you make a great point.
4: And then one other thing, I don't know, if I don't know what your thoughts are, but people are talking a lot about like how well everybody on the air at ESPN handled it and stuff. Like, do you think they did a good job and stuff? Like, obviously,
2: I think they, I think they did a good job, but I also think again, it's just, uh, overblown, um, I I think that you could probably gotten most professionals, most, not all, most professional broadcasters would have been able to handle that story the same way the folks at ESPN handled it. Okay. And I don't mean that in a derogatory fashion. I'm not trying to be critical. I'm not even trying to be a wise ass. I'm just saying that there are many, 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 many members of the media that could have handled that story uh, the same way. So, you know there there was only one way to handle the story there was not more than one way to handle the story i don't quite understand you know the overpouring of praise to the people at espn i mean it just it, again it's everything is so magnified in our society now whether it's good or whether it's bad nothing's ever like well gee they were just doing their job to me they were doing their job they were doing their job and unfortunately i've been in situations like that before okay i have if they're not fun uh, everything is spontaneous. You have no practice. You know that's not something you can practice for. You have to be on your toes. You have to be thinking about what you're going to say before you say it. You have to be unbelievably careful to not speculate. You have to be unbelievably careful to give the facts as you know it and nothing more. And you know, you you at that point, your training as a broadcaster is on full display and your mind kicks in. It's almost like a, uh, an adrenaline rush. Your mind is so sharp and you're so focused on what you're doing that you can do it. And there are many people in my profession that could have done that last night. They did a really good job. I'm not trying to say they didn't. They did a really good job. But there are many, many, many people that could have stepped in and handled it that same way.
4: Yeah, I mean that's really all I gotta say. Last thing, I mean kudos to Ryan for kinda of sharing that story and stuff. That was pretty cool. I mean yep. That's all I got. It's not really okay. a day to talk about other stuff.
2: I hear you, Connor. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. Bye bye. Thanks for having me. This show is sponsored by Better Help. Stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, thinking of starting therapy give better help a try it's online it's easy convenient flexible and it's suited to your schedule all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist switch therapist anytime for no additional charge get it off your chest with better help visit betterhelp.com grant today to get 10 percent off your first month that's better help
3: That's chumbacasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I mean, you think about that. The, 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 the folks at ESPN, okay? Joe Buck, Troy Aikman. Troy's been on the field on numerous occasions with serious injury, although not like that, where we're talking about maybe a player dying in front of everyone. But he's been through it. He knows. Uh, Joe is one of the very best. In the business. And then they go to the studio, which, I, by the way, I was not a fan of. You know, if you want to talk about ESPN's coverage, they should have never left the field. They should have never left the stadium. I thought that was a huge mistake on ESPN's part. Okay. I also think it was a huge mistake to take commercials during that time. Okay. And again, I understand the money and I understand the magnitude of what is a business. But in that situation, I thought ESPN aired by going to the studio to Susie Kolber, Booger McFarlane, and Adam Schefter. They're not, they're not in the stadium. I don't want to hear from them. I don't want to hear from them. They are removed from the situation. Do not take me away from the scene. Okay. I don't want to hear from people in a studio that are 1,500 miles away or 1,000 miles away or whatever it is. I don't want to do that. You stay on the site. Okay. You have a sideline reporter. You have two sideline reporters. Use them. Okay. Do not leave the stadium in that type of a situation. I thought that was a horrible job by ESPN. When it first happened, I was like, what are they doing? I couldn't believe it. And if you need to give Joe Buck and Troy Aikman 30 seconds where they can get facts and compose themselves, then you know what? You take a wide shot of the stadium with natural sound, and you let Joe and Troy gather their thoughts, get some information, and then pass it along. It's TV 101. At that situation, we don't need narration, okay? We don't need narration. Give us a wide shot of the field so we can see what's going on. Give us a shot of the teams and the anguish on the players' faces, but do not go to the studio and leave the field. That was, in my opinion, awful television, horrible television by ESPN. I don't really give a damn what Booger McFarlane or Susie Colbert or Adam Schefter have to say at that point. It is irrelevant to me. I don't care. Okay? I don't care. I already know what they're going to say. Okay? They're going to look solemn. They're going to be praying. I'm praying too. Okay? Do not take me away. From the stadium. Horrible job by ESPN. Terrible job. I, I didn't understand that. And going to commercials every three minutes. Awful job. Terrible. That, that that you know, that's just a bad decision by the people at ESPN. So I guess I am being critical now of ESPN's coverage. Just doesn't make sense to me. Seriously. All right. If you want to get in on the program, hit your hand icon. And I'll put you uh, right on. And again, there is other things going on that I have to talk about. And one is the Kings game. They're playing the Jazz tonight. And Ryan and I will be on after the game with our post-game show. All right? And you may say, well, it's not important. Okay, well, maybe it's not. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this at you. And I talked about this on my podcast tonight. I want to get your opinion. Because I used to talk about this with Kerry Gerald all the time. I remember when there was a fatality at the Indianapolis 500 and, you know, the race continues. And I I said to Gary, how on earth do they do that? And we were talking about it's part of the sport. It's understood. It's an accepted risk that every driver takes and their family members know and the crew chief and the crew, you know, the pit crews. And it's part of the sport. Death in football is not part of the sport. Okay, and I'm not saying that in motorsports, after talking with Gary, who's an expert in motorsports and has seen several fatalities and covered them live, okay, it's just different. It's, it's almost understood before the race that the race is going to go on. You know, it's just part of, the, part of the sport. That's not part of football, though. We know that. Hello, Jeff. Welcome to the show. Hey, Jeff. Jeff, I can't hear you, buddy. All right, I'll put you back in the audience. We'll see if we can get you dialed up again. So, you know, all these things that happened last night, you know, everybody wants to sit at home and be an expert. You know, you, you, you just, you, you think, you know, you're sitting in your living room or you're at work or you're wherever you're at watching the game. And you want to make all these decisions for everybody without understanding. What goes into making these decisions? And you want to, you know, talk about what a great job the talent at ESPN did. You know, we would have you handled it any differently if you were all of a sudden talking about what unfolded on the field. You're going to go on TV and say, "Hey, please send your prayers to the Hamlin family and the players on the Buffalo Bills," and the players that are grieving on the sideline and I mean, it's just a lot of it is just common sense. Let's get to Jeff.
5: Hey, Grant. Hey, Jeff. Can you hear me now?
2: Yep. Got you loud and clear.
5: Well, prayers go out to the kid. That's safety with a freak accident or a freak deal that was. So I hope he pulls through, but uh, anyways, uh, how have you covered this? Because I joined you late. I had to feed the kids. How is this going to affect the playoff standings? And do you know? Uh, I don't know. You know.
2: Not yet. The NFL has not come out and made any decision regarding what's going to happen.
5: Right. Because wasn't that game for the number one seed?
2: Yep. Uh, well, and Kansas City, too. But yes, the Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cincinnati all vying for the number one seed. That's correct.
5: Wow, I'm telling you, they're gonna—they gotta play. They're gonna have to play that game to, uh, to. How are they
2: gonna play the game?
5: I don't know. Well, how are they gonna? How are they gonna?
2: Well, how are they gonna play that? I'm—I'm just saying. How are they gonna play the game? They've already said the game's not gonna be played this week. You have other games this right. weekend, and then the playoffs start the following Saturday. How are you gonna play the game?
5: I don't know, Grant. I, you think they? I mean, you think they might move the playoffs back a week?
2: They—they—they—that's they, they, okay. Here's the only thing they could do, in my opinion. The only thing they could do is move the playoffs back a week and not have the extra week off between the championship game and the Super Bowl, because there's no way you can move the day to the Super Bowl. That's not possible. So right. you would eliminate right. you would eliminate the extra week between the championship game and the Super Bowl, which has been done before. I mean I remember you know the Giants did it when they beat San Francisco in 91 and went on and beat Buffalo in the Super right. Bowl. Uh, in Tampa right. that was you know and it's been done before so it's not like it couldn't be done that is one possible
5: scenario yeah i could see, i could see that happening and i mean i mean the two weeks before the super bowl i think it's monotonous anyway and the pro bowls is just an idiotic thing what they've got going on here's the
2: problem it? with that though here here's the problem with that scenario if let's just say i'm going to use this as an example let's say the philadelphia eagles beat the Giants this weekend and they clinch the number one seed, they have a bye week. That means they would not play a football right. game for three weeks. Is that right?
5: Oh, no, I, I that is a long time.
2: Yep. Yes, I it is.
5: Jalen hurts some time to heal up, but, uh,
2: yeah, but still, I mean, that would be three weeks without playing a game.
5: Right. Right. Yeah. Anyway, anyways, uh, I, I got to my fantasy tonight with the Kings and I got to pick between Fox and Sabonis in my lineup. Uh or Marcuson. I can't play I can play Marcuson and Fox or Marcuson and Sabonis. Mark Laurie Marketin. Market yeah, Mark uh so I I gotta play that Mark the Marketin guy. Uh, but I I can't play I have no
2: idea. I have no idea. You're asking the wrong guy. I mean, I know I'm like a 32-year NBA announcer, but when it comes to fantasy, and, and I don't even know how you get points. I don't know how it works. I mean, I don't you know how you – I don't know how you – I, 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 I don't know how the scoring works, so it's hard for me to give you an answer. I would take DeMontis Sabonis in any game he's playing because he does everything. But I don't know how to answer your question. I really don't.
5: All right. Well, you, you just hit the nail on the head. It's It's points – Assists, rebounds. Then you deals, take Sabonis. He's
2: a triple double machine. Take Sabonis. There you go. All
5: right. All right, Grant. Thank you. Bye bye. All right.
2: Take care. Bye bye. All right. You know, not to be callous in here because Jeff's a great caller and I love the guy, but, you know, it's probably not the right time to be talking about our fantasy football, our fantasy basketball uh, game tonight. Just probably not, you know, probably better off just taking what you can get. Just pick a guy and go with it. All right. Um, if you want to get in on the program, All you got to do is raise your hand uh, and we will do it. All right, let's get to uh, John. John, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing all right, Grant. I missed you, but happy new
1: year anyways, man. How was your uh, week? Happy new year, John. Good. Happy new year to you, buddy. Thanks, man. And watching that game last night, it was really tough. You know, five minutes in watching that happen and it's seven to three. And then I didn't really think about it until you mentioned it a little bit ago about the broadcasting. I was wondering every time they went to commercial, I'm like, what the hell's going on? What's going on? What's going on? I thought I thought it was a little bit unprofessional,
2: but it's what they kind of had to do at the time. I guess uh, you know it's all about making money, uh, but you know there are certain things that are more important than making money or what have you. And I think in that situation, I just did not agree with them leaving the field to go to the studio. You know, I didn't. I don't care what Susie Colbert and Booger McFarland and Adam Schefter have to say. I don't care. It's meaningless to me at that point. I, they're they're taking away from what is going on at the stadium, and that to me was a big mistake by ESPN. You know. You know. That's why
1: I said I I think the same thing. I was wondering what the hell's going what the hell's going on. And like you said, you didn't care if they're 1,500 miles or 1,000 or five. Hell, I don't care if they're five miles away. What's what's going on right. at, at the event that everybody's interested? You know? Exactly. 100%. Yep. Man, it, it's, you know, we've all said death's tough, and hopefully it doesn't come to that. You know what I mean? But it's a tough Let's game. You that. know, and it, it kind of reminded me, of you talking about um, G-Man – and stuff and you know doing open wheel racing and 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 so forth it reminded me yep. of, i've talked to gary about it a lot yep. yeah i watched a ton a ton of his uh, broadcasts at indy 500 and so forth i recall when uh dale earnhardt died at Peytona. yep and it was the last lap of the race if i recall or second I think it was the last lap in his... I think it was, think it was the last lap. I think yeah, it was. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. And Dale Jr., it was... I'm not you know, positive, but... You're... Yeah, we're pretty close. Dale Jr. His, was racing in that race. I think it was his first, maybe second, but I think it was his first Daytona 500. And then when the race ended, they said, man, how's dad? Where's dad? And they said, "Well, he's gone. He's gone to the hospital. Which, mm-hmm. which one? And they said, no, no. Dale Jr., he's gone, man. He's gone. So yeah, it, it's, it is tough. Auto racing
2: is different from football. You're right. Auto racing, is you know. Of course, every single person that gets behind the wheel understands the risk before they get in the car. And it is an accepted part of the sport. And by accepted, I mean, nobody is shocked when it happens. The point is, it's not like a football player who might die on the field. Yeah. That's shocking. That's like, wow, are you kidding me? In auto racing, I hate to say that, I hate to say this. It's almost expected from time to time.
1: Well, hey, there's a number. I'm not sure what it is. It's around 20% of professional
2: auto racers die behind the wheel or on their motorcycle or in a speedboat or eventually. No. No, 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 no. It's not 20%. Well, hey, because listen, Grant, they race until they're old and then you don't hear
1: about it. I'm not talking about the number one, you know, NASCAR uh indie professional indie drivers or professional formula one you're at racers but it's in their blood that's what i'm saying about how um okay i see what you're saying different. yeah yeah okay it seems different than football so and it's probably not 20 percent, but i know it's not like two it's it's an okay. extremely high extremely high number something that you wouldn't expect gotcha. so I, I just wanted to say prayers to the family And, you know, my weekend was fine. I had a tree fall down on my truck and break my windshield and my mirror. And I would take my weekend over the Hamlin families next week. Any day, Grant. Yep. Well said, buddy. We'll 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 get over this. Everybody, we'll get over this. And it's just tough. It's just tough. And, Grant, I will talk to you
2: later in the week. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you, John. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate you. All right. That's going to do it for today. Uh, I will be on after the uh, Kings Jazz game with Ryan and Sacktown. We will be on uh, YouTube Live. All right. Take care. Thank you very much. We appreciate the chatter and, you know, going back and forth and uh, digesting what happened. And uh, we can only hope for the best uh, with uh, Damar Hamlin and in uh, Cincinnati. And as of now, we're still waiting for further information. Uh, It's very sketchy uh, at the moment. All right. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye.
4: Lucky Land Casino asking
2: people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky?